bringing the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories from MS Challenge Walk. Today, on a very special episode of MS Challenge Talk. Because the MS Challenge Walk is this weekend. OMG! OMG! You have been listening for 18 straight weeks to MS Challenge Talk, the weekly podcast of the National MS Society Greater New England Chapter in support of their MS Challenge Walk, which brings the world three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis this September 7th to the 9th. You're listening to episode number 18 for September 3rd. We have been bringing you interviews every week, inspiring you and informing you with everything you need to know to make this MS Challenge Walk the best yet putting stories to the names and names to the faces of the heroes and veterans of MS Challenge Walk. Today on the show, you'll be hearing from Danielle Kemp with some last-minute reminders as to the logistics for the morning of MS Challenge Walk. And then I'll be sitting down to speak with Carolyn Rossi, who has been inspiring us for years as she wheels her wheelchair across Cape Cod. I first met Carolyn when I joined the MS Challenge Walk's bicycle support crew. I was given a list of other bicyclists on the route. And I looked up each one on Facebook and found one who didn't live too far from me, that being Brian Rossi, her husband. I reached out to them to see if we could train together, and lo and behold, a friendship was formed. I spoke with Carolyn on August 16th. Before you hear from them, I'm going to mix things up a little bit and take a quick look at the event calendar ahead of time. Because I already mentioned that we have the walk this weekend, so let's continue with that. And let me point out that we have two more fundraisers that are being held after the walk. On September 22nd, there is a bar crawl being held by Bonnie's Believers. It launches from Faneuil Hall in Boston, and we'll be making a tour of six different bars, roughly one per hour. It starts at 2 p.m., and they ask for a $20 donation, which also gets you tickets to their raffle and also an MS support bracelet. Almost a week later, on September 28th, there is a charity golf tournament being hosted by the Lombardi Party. Four-person teams cost $125 a person and includes green fees, cart rental, dinner, and prizes. And yes, even though these events are being held after MS Challenge Walk, fundraising doesn't stop, as you'll hear when we talk to Danielle momentarily. Let's get that gal on the phone. Joining us for the last time is Danielle Camp. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Ken. Are you sick of me yet? Oh, no. Looking forward to the walk in a few days, and then it'll be awesome. I mean, can't get sick of you. <laughs> That's right. After spending 18 weeks on the phone together, we're now going to spend three entire days on the Cape Cod together. <laughs> You're riding the route. I'll be at the sea camp. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see you at some point, but not the whole day. <laughs> so before I ask you what's new with MS Challenge Walk this week, I have a very important question for you. Sure. Is it true that you're the New England version of Sarah Bromley? <laughs> both have a lot of similarities actually we were both hired on the same day for our respective chapters and we really bonded over challenge walk she is the connecticut person in charge of regional events so when people are coming from her chapter for challenge walk or things like muckruckus which is a mud run type thing um she's the one in charge so i guess kind of uh we have a little bit of a different job description but we started out doing the similar thing she also coordinates walks out there and she's super awesome, by the way. I, I I know she likes me. I like her, too. She's just cool. I can't wait to see her. <laughs> so we have walkers coming from the Greater New England chapter, the Connecticut chapter, the upstate New York chapter. Mm -hmm. New Jersey Metro, New York City slash southern, southern New York, and Rhode Island. There are seven. I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody else off the top of my head. And, of course, we have individual walkers coming from 
all over the country. Yes. We even have a walker that's coming in from Australia. Really? So even further than all over the country, yes. Oh, my goodness. Why would they fly all this way just to do a challenge walk? Not that I blame them. They have family out here, and they've been doing the walks for years before they went out to Australia. I believe they're doing a um, semester abroad type thing. So they're flying back from Australia for our event. So Jackie and Colleen in Denver, Colorado, they lose for the most traveled they do. To, for the walk. <laughs> Shucks. Maybe next year. Yep. So what is new with the walk? It's coming up this week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, I just want to remind everybody where to find your walker number. I've been having a bunch of questions come in about that now that luggage tags went out. Um, and it asked for that. And change the clothes bags asked for that, too. If you're organized enough that you kept your welcome packet letter, uh, one of the first things it says is your walker number, also called your bid number. Uh, if you don't have that, you can log into your participant center and directly under the fundraise with Facebook button, it has a bunch of registration details. One of the details listed there is your walker number or called bid number. The number there is that. So folks should put that on their change of clothes bag and on their luggage tag. Correct. Um, and both of those mailings went out. Um, new walkers and anyone who requested one will get a change of clothes bag. Everybody that told me about housing, even if they're staying off-site, gets a luggage tag. The ones, they're color-coded, so people that are staying off-site will transport your luggage to the sea camps for you, but keep it closer to the entrance so that way we can, you can grab it and go on the hotel shuttle or whatever you're doing. People that are staying at the sea camps who are trying to make the luggage zones as close to the cabins as we can so you're not dragging your luggage all through the sea camps. Um, it's a much shorter trip. There's an informative online guide for all the traveling and logistics for the weekend, but what about fundraising? If folks have donations to turn in the morning of the walk, can they do that? Of course. The morning of the walk, um, we'll have everybody check in, um, even if you checked in the night before, just so we know you're there. And we have staff available that can take donations from you, uh, answer any questions you have about the walk. When you got a welcome packet, you were sent a contribution envelope. You can put all your donations in there and turn that in if you still have it. If you don't have that, well, you have extras that you can fill out and turn in that day. We do ask if you have cash, if it's possible to turn that into a check, it's preferred. That way we have tracking to send thank you notes and things like that. If it's absolutely unavoidable that there's cash, I mean, we'll still take it, but we prefer it to be made into a check if you can. And how late do people have to submit their donations? Fundraising will stay open for the challenge walk until October 7th. And if people have outstanding donations after that, there are some cases where people have matching gifts from a corporation, let's say, and the corporation's slow about getting the gift in. We'll still credit that to the walkers when they come in. But all normal gifts, we'd like in by, by October 7th. And by that time, they'll be able to register for next year's walk? Yes, you'll be able to register for next year's walk on the day you leave the challenge walk. On Sunday, we have some information set up about a special code for walkers to use um, for next year's walk. And we'll have some details about next year's walk as well. Um, unfortunately, it's falling on a Jewish holiday again, so we're going to have to adapt to that. There will be both three-day and two-day options, but we'll get more into that um, at the finish line and explain it in emails after the walk as well. Great. Well, I'm sure that there will be plenty more information coming via email and via the challenge blog. Yep. Wonderful. In the meantime, we have three days and 50 miles to plow through, and it sounds like everybody on your end is well prepared. Everybody on our end is prepared. They've been listening to the podcast, reading the blog, downloading the guides. Yep. I hope they know what they're doing by now, and if they don't, we'll figure it out together this weekend. 
Exactly. And I'm looking forward to putting faces with the people I've emailed back and forth with all year. Some of you veterans I know quite well, but I'm looking to see some of the new people as well. You'll see me at the sea camps. Please come say hi. Looking forward to a great event. As am I. Thanks so much, Danielle. Of course. So today, the ultimate guest for what could be the final episode of this show is none other than Carolyn Rossi. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? So many people have been looking forward to hearing your story. I'm so happy to have you here. How long have you been doing the MS Challenge Walk? This this is year seven. Seven? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And you're on which team now? It's Walk With Wheels. Because that's changed over the years, hasn't it? Yes. Started out Walk With Faith, and then we went to Are We There Yet? You know, are we there yet? Not to the finish line, but to we are we there yet to the cure? And now we're walking with wheels. And are you the captain? Yeah. <laughs> you sound a little intimidated well, by that. Well, a little bit, but, you know, you just kind of roll with the flow. So who's on your team? It's me, Kristen Soriel, Lorraine Marinoni, and Brian on bikes. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's a little bit of family, a little bit of friends. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about why it is you do the walk. Why I do the walk. How can you not do the walk? You know, the first year you do it, it's like 50 miles. I can't do 50 miles. I mean, the first year I wheeled 25. Hmm. Last year, I wheeled 43 miles. You know, it's like the whole emotion mm-hmm. behind dealing with MS. And then you go to this challenge walk and the whole... Um, spirit behind it, it's just you, mm-hmm. it kind of captures you. Because people listening to the show can't see it, but you're right. in a wheelchair. Yes. And Sorry. so you have MS yourself. Yes. How long have you had that? Um, it has been around me for 13 years. Wow. And I try not to say that I have MS, because if you have something, you own it, you want it. I have a car, I have a house, I have a family. I don't want MS, I don't want to own it. So I kind of try not to claim it. Like, I try not to say I have it, but... It's more of a neighbor. Yeah. An unwanted neighbor. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like that, it's like that fly at your picnic that just won't go away. That's a great way to look at it. Thank you. So you heard about the walk and seven years ago and said, this is something I need to do? Seven years ago, when Ethan was sick, leukemia... Ethan being your son. Be, sorry, being my son, yes. I have. I had a group of friends that were like, because of Ethan, everybody's like, what can we do to help you out with Ethan? And my group of friends were like, we want to do this for you. We, we were watching TV, this commercial came on for this walk, and we want to do this walk for you. So I said, thank you so much, and then I signed up for the walk, not realizing what was involved, and my father said, you signed up for this walk, how much are you going to do? I said, well, I don't think I'll do any of it. He's like, you signed up for it, you have to do at least a mile, 25 miles later, it's like, you know, and then the first year at the finish line, you got the general saying, you're going to do it again. He said, no, I won't be back. He's like, you're not coming back? Come on. And it was like that moment at your first walk that you won't ever forget. He like ran, he, he, when, when he convinced me, if you will, to do next year's walk, he like ran me back through to sign up for it and everything and yelling, get out of the way, get out of the way, I got a next year walker. So that was cool. 
So he's the one who turned you from a one-time yes, walker to a repeat walker. That's wonderful. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's like every year, he's the one you look forward to seeing. Pesky general. I think there are a lot of people who look forward <laughs> to seeing you, too. So how is it you train for this walk? I assume your training regimen is a bit different from other people's. Um, A little bit. I just I go outside and wheel around the block, wheel down the street. You know, I just... It's it's like the way anybody else does it, but it's not on my feet. It's in my wheels. You know, when somebody's like, I'm going to go training, you pick a track and you walk around the track. You know, I just go outside and wheel around the street, around the block. And do you wait until it's good weather to do that? Do you yes. just Because there, I saw a picture of you on Facebook wheeling in the snow. <laughs> that was an October snowstorm. Oh, the Halloween snowstorm. Yes. Yeah. And we were somewhere family somewhere and Ethan was like can we go outside I want to play and blah 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 blah. so the eight-year-old convinced me to go play in the snow so it's not that you were training 11 months ahead of the walk no I'm not that good I see now there is a very large hill not too far from your home here in West Boylston right do you go up and down that hill route 12 right here yeah I if you're coming from that way. If you're coming from the south. Yeah, the reservoir. Yes. Up that way, I do that. Mm -hmm. I would love to try this side. Brian's not comfortable with that one because of the crust and... Coming from Sterling, yeah. Yeah, coming from the Sterling side because you can't really see around that corner mm -hmm. and stuff. Because that's a little bit like the hill on the third day of the walk, yes. isn't it? It is. I hate that hill. And yet you tackle it every year. Why would you do that to yourself? Why not? Because... It's so funny because if you know me at the walk, I the Tiger is my theme song. Because in my brain, if Rocky can do it, I can do it. So I get to the top of that hill and it was like, stupid hill. <laughs> so. I've always wondered when you're on the walk and you get to a point where you've reached your limit and you just don't have the endurance to go any farther. I've always wondered, if is your mindset either, I know my limits, i got to take care of myself, this is a good place to stop, or is no. your mindset, yeah, I didn't think no, so. No, my mindset is like, there's a stranger walking by offering to help, I'm going to take them up on that for, I don't know, a minute, and then I will get back to wheeling. You're somebody who says, I am not stopping. I, I am not stopping. I'm, I'm doing all of it. Yeah. Because I've heard you say to people walking by, don't you dare touch me. <laughs> Leave the wheels alone. What have been some of your greatest challenges on the walk? Like, what have, what have been... Tell me about some of those moments when you weren't sure you could keep going and something inspired you to do it anyway. Cause, you know, it's, again, back to the general. Whenever I get to the point, for some reason, he shows up. Come on, you can do it. You're not throwing in the towel on me. Or I got Brian wheeling by. You're doing a great job. And then the bike crew, you know, I'll ask him at the end. I'm at the end, aren't I? And they're like, no, you're not. And just that feeling of, not that there's anything wrong with being at the end, but wheeling it, it's kind of a good feeling to know that I'm keeping up. Mm -hmm. That I'm not getting left in the back. Now, you mentioned the bike crew. Your husband, Brian, is on the bike crew. Yes, he but is. But that hasn't always been the case. No. The first couple of years, I wouldn't let him go anywhere near my walk. Because it was, 
my thing. He does so much to help out that I wasn't, you know, I didn't really want him to have to do that also. So it finally got to a point that I was like, I don't mind if you're on the bike support team. That would be good. That would be cool. I think he used to do the Cape Cod getaway, didn't he? I think he did it once or twice. I don't remember. So that was sort of his event and you had yours. Yeah, and then I had mine. So you, but eventually your territorialness kind of wore down. A little bit. I, I'm, I'm not ready to let him walk it, but I don't think he would want to. Because he likes being on the bike. He gets to talk to all the other walkers. And, you know, and because you've been there for so long, the friendships form. You know, people from his first year being on the bike for his second year back, they remember him. And that's good. That's, you know, that's a good feeling. I mean, you're right. It's not exactly a clique that people form on the walk, but it is... No, so- it's just kind of a friendship. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's nice to know you have a role yeah. on the rail trail. Yeah. You you know, you got people you got people that you you might not remember by name, but then you hear them, Hi, Carolyn, how are you? It's like, wow. You get a lot of that? No, but that's all right. You know what? I, I don't expect to be the one that everybody remembers. But I think they do. I don't see that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why, because everybody's there for the same reason. So I don't understand why I'm the one that people remember. Because I think your determination is more visible. <laughs> see, I feel that about a few people. Also, mm-hmm. you know, people walking with their their two canes in their hands. So. Why well, there are some people who just. Leave an impression, like yeah. like you said, the general, the exactly. flag lady, yeah. you know, Heather Hancock. She's what I was thinking. Um, I'm not sure who it was, but there was one year I think there was a, a gentleman training for a um, marathon, and he ran the whole thing. And I think he was back before we even started walking. I don't remember who that was, but I remember like I remember him running back. You run that. That's not easy. Well, that's just making us look bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Showing off. That's all right. And how about the financial component, the fundraising? How does your team address that? We send out our emails. I think, I don't know for sure. I had a couple of teammates write, do written letters, mm-hmm. but again, I'm not positive. I, I do, again, my email. And I do it earlier. I do it in like May. So I get a good response there. And then come June, July, you can again tackle the people that haven't done it yet. Um, we did have a fundraiser, Snacking for the Cure, this past Sunday. And last year we had Spaghetti About MS. Um, this year, even though it wasn't as big of a thing, we still raised our funds. We still, do, we still got done what needed to be done. So that was good. Tell me more about those fundraisers. They're held locally? Our fundraiser was at the Greendale Y up in the community room. We got everything donated. We had muffins and breads. Those were all donated from one of my teammates. Um, her husband works for a box company, I think, hmm. and one of his clients owns a bakery in Andover, I think, and that that bakery donated... Again, bread, muffin, things like that. And I had my my sister-in-law 
brought a salad. Um, we have some friends who own McDonald's, and they donate our coffee, our salad, our creamers, some scones. And our fundraiser, out of our pocket, I think, I don't know, maybe $100. Hmm. So a lot of it was donated. And how do you advertise for this event? Brian has, um, because he works at IBM, so he has a printing company that prints up paperwork for the classes that are going to be happening at his room in the center that he works at. So he asked his printing company to print us up some flyers. So they did that, and we ordered some um, postcards to hand out to friends and family when we see them. And word of mouth. And a Facebook event. Facebook. It was on Facebook. Um, Brian was promoting it, promoting it on his status. I had it up there a few times. The challenge blog had it up there. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And how many people showed up this past weekend for your fundraiser? I, I really I have no idea. Probably under 100. Still, that's quite a yeah. few. I mean, I've had fundraisers for which five people showed up. <laughs> I'm glad you think it's funny. It wasn't at the time. <laughs> no, not at the time. That wouldn't be fun. Huh. But, but, but that brought in a good amount of money for you. Yes, it did. Um, we do a uh, balloon pop. 20 bucks a pop. You pop a balloon and a number falls out. And it has a matching prize. And you're guaranteed at least a $20 prize wow. for the number. But it doesn't go, I don't know, much over 30 What are some of the prizes? El Forno's restaurant. I can't even think of them all. I can't, I can't even think of any of them. Mostly, right mostly donated. Mostly, they were all donated. Wow. Yeah, it's um funny when you get a young female in a wheelchair to go into these businesses saying, "Hi, the Anna Society is doing a three-day, fifty-mile walk, and I'm doing it for the seventh year." Will you make a donation to a fundraiser that my team and I are having? Mm-hmm. And they do. Not all of them. I, I was, I was told once or twice no, but now I've approached some businesses under similar circumstances, mm-hmm. and they often say, "Sorry, we're a big corporate chain, and our rules are go no." To corporate, go to corporate. Right. So what you do get you get sick of hearing that? So what do you do when you hear that? There was one night that I went up onto, um, like I would go to their corporate sites, and I sent an email. I'm t- my name is Carolyn Rossi. I'm doing a three-day, fifty-mile walk to benefit the MS Society, blah, blah, blah. Will you make a donation as to a raffle prize? And most of them got back to us, no. I got one or two saying, go straight to the store, ask them. Um, there was one store that we went to to ask for a donation. I got a phone call yesterday. Hi, this is so-and-so from this store. I'm wondering, when is your fundraiser? My fundraiser was yesterday, you know, being Sunday. Oh, no, I'm kind of late. That's all right, I'll get you next year. She goes, be sure to hound and harass me, I'll donate next year. It's like, you said it, you got it. I can hound you. I'm good at that. Good. Now, if only she had said that in an email, because then you'd have it in writing. Exactly. But, you know, you got to trust people sometimes, too. Cool. Yeah. Now, you said the first year you walked 25 miles, and then last year you walked 45? 43. 43. I have a goal this year of 49. So is it that you're trying harder, or is the walk getting easier for you? No, it's not. 
then it's getting easier. It's that um, there is a particular person on the bike team who comes up to me every year and says, so what are you going to do next year? What are you going to do next year? And I tell this person, it's not Brian, but I tell this person, this is my goal for this year. So I saw this person on Sunday who showed up to our fundraiser, comes up to me and says, so what are you going to do this year? And I said, 49 miles. And he goes, that's it, come on. But I told him my goal for this year, I want to walk up South Target Hill. Really? I do. I want to do it. And I str- I believe I can do it, you know, with my teammate and everybody else that's going to be there. Just get somebody to sit in my wheelchair for the weight. And I'm going to I'm gonna try to push him up South Target Hill. Won't that be harder, oh. pushing somebody up no, the hill? No, it's easier. Because the red wheels that I use... Because everybody's seen them. They tip back, at least for me. If there's not somebody sitting in it for the weight, huh. it's it's lighter, you know, so you don't have a 100-pound person sitting in it. It just kind of tips back. And if the wheels tip back, I go back. Whereas if there's a person in it, it's not going to flip over. So you use special wheels for no, the ride? Or, no. Or you have a special wheelchair for the ride? For the walk? Um, it's the same wheelchair that I've used since year one. It just, you know, goes with me. And it's it's pretty cool because my um, foot pedals have stickers from the rest stops. And every year, I every rest stop, give me my sticker. Give me my sticker. And I still have them all. Well, not all of them. Most of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like running out of space. It's like find somewhere that's red because you're covering it. Mm-hmm. And last year, the last mile, you got to ride on a motorcycle. On a motorcycle. That was cool. How'd that come to be? I don't know. (laughs) Somebody said, do you want to cross the finish line on a motorcycle? And yeah, that would be cool. So I did. Now, some, some years, do you walk across the finish line? Some years, you're in your wheelchair? Some years, I walk across the finish line at the um, Hyannis Green. I always walk across the lunch finish line that all the walkers cross. Yeah, at the school. I always walk across that one. Last year I laid on it. I crossed it and then I was like, I just laid there. Got a picture of it. I, actually, maybe that was two years ago. It's not that you fell. It's... No, I did it on purpose. I just sat there for a minute. I need a break. So I laid there, closed my eyes. I think you'd earned it at that point. That's what I was thinking. Mm. So. so what is your favorite part of the 50 miles? The 50 miles. The whole route. You like... Uh, is there one part that you look forward to? No. It's a 50-mile walk. Forgive me. I'm not crazy about any of it. <laughs> 50 miles. Come on. And you said you're doing 49 this year. So what mile aren't you walking? I can't or do ro- the beach mile. Mm. On Saturday. That would be challenging. Yeah. I just can't do that one. But I had a friend tell me that if I walk up, so I talk at Hill, that that one mile is forgiven. I think you're kind of doing double duty, especially if you push somebody. Yeah. You're doing your own mile and that person's mile, too. Yeah. I'm going to look at it like that. I'm going to like that. So is it too soon to ask if you'll be coming back in 2013? Should we just take this one year at a time, or do you already know? Are you kidding? I'm going to walk until there is no such thing as the MS Challenge walk ever. 
because the cure is found. There you go. Get rid of MS. I think that's a great goal. And I think you're going to be one of the people who gets us there. Yeah, I'm hoping. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be willing this walk until Ethan can do it. My eight-year-old. Until he can do it. Well, not much longer. He'll be on crew. He will. Yeah. That'll be exciting. And then you'll have your whole family there. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Well, I'm glad to have you as part of my Challenge Walk family. Thank you. Great. Thank you, I'm Carolyn. Glad your Challenge Walk family. I'll see you next month. I'll see. Oh, it's like 16 days. Doesn't it kill ya? It's just like, oh, I'll see you next year, and then boom! Next year is 16 days away, and I'm gonna be seeing, like, we're gonna be seeing everybody. New walkers, old walkers. It's like, when did time start flying so fast? 16 days. Oh my gosh! And so it goes. Barring any surprises, my interview with Carolyn Rossi will be the last interview you'll hear on this podcast. Thank you so much not only to Carolyn for her time, but also to all the guests we've had on MS Challenge Talk, all 18 of you. I know there were many more people I reached out to, many more people I wanted to interview, and I'm sorry that we weren't able to connect and have your story told. I hope that you've been inspired by the 18 tales you have heard, and I want to thank each one of our guests as well as our special guests, Danielle Kemp, Jack Enright, and Brenda Barber, and all the people who helped make the show possible. Jen Finn, whose voice you hear at the beginning and ending of every episode. Wendy Golden, who provided our album cover. And then all the people who provided technical or content support, including Steve Sukikian, Keith Shaw, Lisa Kellogg, and Karenana Kreps. And also to you, our listeners. It's never easy to launch a new show, and knowing that you were out there made a big difference. Thanks to those of you who left comments on the podcast, who emailed me feedback. To TJ Ari and Steve Weirich, who left reviews on our iTunes listing and to everyone else. I look forward to speaking with you in person this weekend at MS Challenge Walk Cape Cod. This will be my eighth annual year participating. I'll be on the bicycle, and hopefully I'll be able to slow down and stick a microphone in your face and get your story told. And with that, this is Ken Gagney for the National MS Society Greater New England Chapter, wishing you fair weather and fantastic walking this weekend. See you soon. As far as this podcast goes, hailing frequencies closed. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org. Hi, Ethan. Hi. How are you? Good. Are you going to be at the walk this year? Um, the one coming up? Yeah. No. Yes, you are. At the finish. So are we going to see you at the finish line? Yep. Cool. You going to be cheering your mom on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope my dad crosses it first. <laughs> well, then, then you can cheer him on and then your mom. But yeah. chances are they'll cross the finish line together. Yeah. Because that's what teams do. Yep.